Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Hi, Jim. Hi, asshole. Yeah. I mean, David. <laughs> I, I don't know why you'd be calling me that. I I did nothing but sacrifice for you this weekend, my friend. You did. You you fell on the sword. Yeah, it was while while I sat through a two hour graduation to watch three minutes of my kid actually graduating. Yeah, that's <sighs> that's normal for that stuff. Uh, yep. So, uh, I want to do our housekeeping. And then uh, we can talk about the elephant in the room. Um, yes. So I'm going through my notes. I got all these notes from Gearfest too. So <laughs> here's our housekeeping for the day. Are you a regular listener? Why not? Subscribe to the Practical Guitarist using your Shodan podcast app. Take the time to put in a review at the service where you found us. Our, our yeah, found us our podcast, albeit iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist. And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Wow. So. All right, let's hear it. Let's um, hear it from the man himself. The funny the funny thing is I spent all weekend practicing to do the uh, to do the 60 cycle hum thing. You know, the uh, yep. buying, selling, trading, fixing, money, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. And uh, that ended up not happening, so that yeah. was kind of useless. But I, but I actually had it nailed like by the time I even got there because I always like and to then, do it when Steve does it and screws it up. So yeah, and then Ryan went. <laughs> yeah, well, Ryan is a machine. Let me tell you something. Um, that's the first impression I have of Gearfest. Ryan is a machine. He acts like, oh, I'm not really doing much. I'm just gonna hang out, like talk to a couple people. Dude, he visited every single booth. Yeah, and <laughs> he. Uh, People are coming up to him, um, grabbing him by the shoulder. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, th- there's some funny stories there I'm going to tell, but yeah. So, Gearfest 2018. Um, I got pulled over on the way down. The uh, yeah, I had, it was an incredibly crazy time getting there. Um, but I got pulled over on the way down for something stupid, and I got a warning. I got out of it. Uh, ar- argued with the cops. My wife was freaking out, and um. Special thanks to the Illinois State Patrol on that one. Uh, <laughs> or, Illinois. No, he was Indiana. Actually, he was he was over the border. So um, Sweetwater, for those of you guys that don't know, it's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, it is a fairly... It is a very modern facility. Um, I don't know whether I would say it's the driver of the town now because having been there and seen all the industry that's actually there now, uh, mm-hmm. it's, pre- it's pretty impressive. But there's a lot. Certainly, they're a major employer in town. They they have well over a thousand employees. I think they're I think they're close to two thousand actually, um, and it may be even the ballpark of three. Um, yeah, you can see I put up a video this morning of um, actually what the inside of the headquarters facility looks like. Uh, I toured that with my family on on Friday morning, and you can see they have an employee roster there with pictures of every single employee on the wall. And it's just staggering. You stand in front of it, you go, oh my God, like how many people work here? Uh, it's, so I didn't do, I didn't go through the cubicle farm. We've all seen cubicle farms. Right, um, right. But I did, uh, I did get the chance to see the distribution facility. I saw their outstanding numbers. Um, I'm not sitting with the, the picture I took of that in front of me, but they talk about 99% reliability on ship, uh, on time shipping. reliability of shipping products. Uh, The way that they store their guitars, they come in, they they acclimate them, put them in a climate-controlled area, keep them there, and then re-acclimate them before they send them out. Um, Wow. I don't know of anyone that does anything even close to that. Um, So their whole facility is just... It's jaw-dropping when you see the distribution facility, which makes up more than twice the size of the building, really. And it's... it's, I want to say it's like four stories tall um yeah so they have big vaulted ceilings in their main area or in the the cafeteria area which holds a lot of people um i would say probably roughly a thousand um you know i used to so i worked in fort wayne for a while 
And it's funny because I know I went past it because I went down by the co- – um, so oh, what's the big college that starts with a B and um, it's huge if you're in basketball and college yeah, basketball. Yeah, I think it's Purdue. But, um, well, there's Purdue. There's a, there was one that starts with a B, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But anyway, so I went over by the colleges because my son wanted to see some of the college basketball stuff that was going on. And, I, and then I went to um, uh, the um, – I, I worked there for Verizon. We have a super head end there. Okay. So I don't know if you know what that means, but that's where you take your satellite feeds um, right. and, your, and your large feeds um, and put them into your, uh, the back end of your network right. so that you can distribute it for um, uh, video. So <clears throat> that thing, uh, that place, we had a lot of employees there. Um, and then I saw the colleges. I want to say there's three large colleges in the area. And um, yeah, there, there's definitely there's multiple large schools there. So and then of course, obviously, so it was more of a it more as a college town. You didn't fly in and out of there, and I'm I'm sure uh, Ryan will attest to this. The airport is like one. <laughs> there's two runways, one for landing and one for. He didn't really talk about the airport too much. Um, he, well, he got stuck in O'Hare, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he showed up, he showed up at the, the Airbnb at like, gosh, it had to be like one thirty in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning. And he was, actually, he had gone to eat with uh, Alan Chappell, uh, yeah. follower of our show, follower of Cycle Hum. Um, and. And he came in and I like cracked the door and I looked through there and I'm like, are you a rapist? Cause he was like knocking on the door <laughs> and he had this look on his face like, no, am I? <laughs> so, so I let him in, but uh, I could have just left him out there. It would have been fine. Uh, yeah. He, he could have slept in his rental car, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I didn't do that. I, I let him in and no, it was a cool experience. Uh, he didn't have much to say about the airport. We did have some great food in town. We ate at Shigs and Pit barbecue and we ate at this place called the Hoppy Gnome, which has some pretty outrageous, like, fusion-style tacos. I had uh, paneer tacos, which are, like, Indian food. but That's weird. Yeah, that was cool. But anyway, uh, the town is not super busy. Like, you can go into downtown yeah. and eat at the fancy restaurants and stuff, and there's, like, yeah. nobody there. It's, it's really cool. But anyway, yeah. so touring the facility is impressive, to say the least. I mean, they got, they got a world-class studio in that place. Uh, yeah, a mic cabinet that they're doing. Be. They're doing albums there. Oh yeah, they're, they're yeah. recording. I asked. I mean, what that's the... not a, just a studio for like. Oh, here's a new pedal or something. They're doing records there. I asked what the the rate was, Jim. Take a guess what it was. What um, five hundred an hour, six hundred an hour, higher? Thousand dollars a day. No, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. No, I said good. I got the uh, the fortunate luck of sitting with um um. Glenn Fricker at lunch, and uh, okay, when I was sitting with him and Ryan, Glenn Glenn goes, "Well, it, yeah, it's a nice studio, but you know, there's much better studios out there that are cheaper." And I was like, Ugh. "Well, it's Glenn, you know, <laughs> it's just Glenn." <laughs> you write it off, you say it's just Glenn. It's Glenn, yeah. He was it's talking Glenn. about so, you, you got to remember, Glenn is Glenn is heavy metal music, to and from, front to back. So his his perspective, we spoke we spoke <laughs> about perspectives. And his perspective is different than ours. If you were doing a, a pop record um, or something like that, I, I, there's, a, there's a completely different way of doing things. I, I, have, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Glenn now, having sat with him and like had conversations. He actually like really cool. does know stuff. Um, yep. I don't – I mean I commented that I think he has a beef with Mesa. I don't know if he does <laughs> or not, to be honest with you. Like I, I will say this. He was – everybody knew I was in the market for a practice sample. I was there, and he goes uh, – he goes, why don't you go get a Marshall code? And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, he looks at me, he goes, yeah, I'm going to buy one. He's like, I haven't smashed anything in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so naturally I didn't buy a Marshall code, but um, gosh, it's such a weird experience. Cause you know, I followed the, the gear community pretty closely for a number of years and I walk around and I see Brian Wampler and I see uh, yep. Keeley and I see, yep. um, I see uh, Paul Rivera and I yep. see, uh, Dave Friedman and all these guys just sitting there, like not doing anything, just just chilling. Like you no know, problem. you know what's amazing. So these guys that you're mentioning aren't like dude at the at the place. These are the these are the fathers, so to speak. Yeah, and, of a lot and of mothers stuff, right? of the the actual company. Yeah, and they're there, and really, 
there's a whole sales force, sales force there. There's a whole group of people that are willing to sell your stuff there. Yeah. You don't have to show. Well, and they, yet these people have the have that drive to go there. I don't know who's paying who. I don't know if Sweetwater pays them to come out. I don't know if these guys come out to promote their product. I think these guys actually come out to promote their product. Uh, yeah. My impression of Robert Keeley, because I had I had a couple of conversations with him, was like, basically, I want to sell my product. I have like a bunch of guys who work for me, but I, nobody knows the product better than the guy who designed it. You know, yep. and so uh, he was super cool. I actually run into ran into him at the Wampler, and he was playing through a bunch <laughs> of Brian's pedals, yeah. and it was really funny because uh, he was just jamming out. Nobody's watching this or anything, so I just stood there with my camera and I and I took video of it and then i walked up to him and i and i shook his hand i said i love what you do i love what brian does i said i'm looking at the velvet fuzz i said what do you have that does the same thing (laughs) just trying to push his buttons and robert kinney looks at me cold as ice and he says he uh he says i don't make a damn thing that does what that does (laughs) because they're buddies you know So, so i said all right all right fair enough i said why don't you walk me over to your booth and sell me something? So he walks me over there and he shows me the, uh, the Keeley Monterey and seriously plays with it for like 15 minutes for me. And, uh, wow. it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I actually do really want a Monterey, but we have, uh, we have our prohibition on buying gear for a while. So I may have to wait right. until after, uh, <laughs> I think somebody's going to say uncle by the time August ends. I, <laughs> it, it could happen, Jim. It could happen. Cause I got to play the Ibanez Jiva too. And I, and oh, I think we've I already talked about so how good much. that thing was. Now, uh, so I've seen Nita show that off. And obviously you were there and Nita was there. Um, so tell me when you, you see the videos, you see Nita and she like shows it like this and she's talking about how light it is. I mean, tell me if it was everything that she says it is. Okay. It's light. Uh, it has a full neck. It's well balanced. It has uh, a great Floyd Rose system on it, um, but not from a reliability, but but comfortability perspective. Because obviously, right. I haven't played it for years. Um, I'd buy one. Like honestly, it, it, it looks mm-hmm. like a great guitar. I want to see what they're going to retail for. The the one that was there was Indonesian, so mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming the guitar is coming from Indonesia. I haven't even like paid attention to it. So honestly, what what my review is totally layman. Um, I it was the popular guitar of the the event. Like everybody was talking about the Jiva, and she was there to promote it. And then what was really cool right. was if you were watching her seminar, yep, she played the Jiva from the booth at the seminar. So when she was done, she carried it back over there and put it on the stand and said, "Here you go, play it." That's the same, same guitar she used. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's that's proof that hey, I didn't get this. You know set up guitar that you know uh, like paul stanley used to do breaking the ice man on the on stage and saying ah look at that that's the same guitar i play and then they were selling them for like 150 dollars in the store and stuff i knew they were garbage you got yeah. better better guitar from cardboard he's getting, he's getting custom shops you know uh yeah. you know, it's not like that i don't think she's like that at all uh her seminar is really good i don't know if sweetwater uploads any of that stuff to the internet um, if they yeah. don't, maybe we'll cover that in the future episode. But uh, I saw her. I saw Adrian Blue. I saw who is incredible, by the way. And I saw uh, Greg Koch, who is one of the highlights. Igve Melmstein, another highlight. But I'm going to see him in October. So yeah. he's seeing him do a clinic is different than seeing him live. Uh, right. He does. He he didn't have his band with him or anything, and it was still cool. But like you could tell, yeah. it was still clinic atmosphere. Um, well, okay, so um, Adrian Ballou, before you jump past that, people realize Ballou is B-E-L-E-W, not B-L-U-E. So if you go looking him up, just make sure you're looking up the right Adrian Ballou. Ballou, that is Bellu. his name. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ballou, not Blue. And he had his Frank Zappa story about, you know, uh, Amit riding around on his tricycle, giving him a finger because he called him a girl. Yeah. You know, Um <laughs> <laughs> good stuff all around like yep. the the education they provide there i didn't watch a lot of the non-guitar centric sessions but i like poked my head in the door they got good yep. stuff going on uh it, it's worth it for the education alone but let's talk about i what i really want to talk about is why you should go to this event like from from yeah, here on out okay so yes it's a it's a Sweetwater open house everybody's like yeah cool i get to see the place where i order my gear from look i'm gonna be honest with you 
it's a hard sell for me to order anything from Guitar Center and Musicians for never again. Because the way that this company treats its employees is unlike anything I've ever seen on Earth. They have a yeah. concierge that's available to all the staff that will uh, take your shit to dry clean it. That is incredible. Or pick that, up your mail. Everything you spoke with, who was it that you were speaking with on the um, on the other podcast? That's Brant Miller, my new uh, Sweetwater rep. Brant Miller. So Brant Miller is on there, and I, I think he's a member of our group. Um, yeah, uh, he, I invited him. I don't know if he's a member yet. Um, yeah, and uh, he – anyway, he um, uh, spoke so highly of how they were treated. He's been there seven months, I think. He actually came from a Guitar Center local to me. So he was selling me gear at Guitar Center here in Arlington Heights. Yeah. So uh, – and he told me, he said, man, he's like, it was a stretch to move down here. He's like, I took – basically a pay cut but he's like the cost of living here is so little that it just yeah. it, it, it it's amounted to nothing like he's like i'm making more money than i was up there being right i'm right. living better um and he yeah i was supposed to move out there it wasn't just about money though he was talking of, he was talking about just the way that the company takes care of people and how in his experience with other music retailers it was not like that um so that's what's impressive to me is none of the employees talk badly about the company. Everybody there had a huge freaking smile on their face. They're standing out in the rain and the heat when the sun came out, Mm. right? For for, for two days, same people. I saw the same people both days and they just got a big smile on their face and they're not unhappy. And they're like shaking your hand and and joking around with you and stuff. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. You put me in my, one of my conferences indoors on my yeah. feet for two days, and I'll, I'll rip your head off if you come up to me and start harassing me. Yeah. You know, okay, so for people that don't know where where Fort Wayne is or what that area is like, it is flat. I mean, that is flatland. That is middle America, um, almost dead center, like Gary, Indiana, um, close to that area. And yeah. so you're, it's you're talking Ohio about... Border, but yeah. Yeah. As far as the, the um, uh, cornfields, cows, um, a lot of the Amish folk there do a lot of the... Um, the border uh, around Sweetwater is farms. Yes. Soon to be yep. a college campus. They partner with Purdue. They're gonna, Purdue's going to put their music university on the site. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty I crazy. Mean, but the thing is, I think that, that what you're talking about speaks to um, a problem that's bigger than just in the guitar community. And it is in the community of work in general. You know, when I grew up... Um, I hung out with my coworkers. I drank with my coworkers. I had fun with my coworkers. We had baseball games and softball games and different things like that. Right. And I, met, I heard uh, um, Brent <clears throat> mention that. Now, you, you'd be hard pressed to talk to anybody five minutes after closing. In right. most in most places that you work, unless you're in a little startup or small, really small community work, in larger companies, it's like you just get lost. And you're talking about a place that's got a thousand people who do stuff together. And yeah, I they, think that they all have bands they, together. And yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's basically 2000 gearheads in a building who yeah. <laughs> who you put them all together. What's going to happen? They're going to sit around, and talk about gear and play music. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, and I find that in a company that size, the fact that uh, Brant actually referred to Chuck, who is the. CEO, right? Yeah. He was um, shaking people's hands as they came in the door. Yeah. So they care. They don't just care about, hey, let's put on this show for people. Let's show people what we actually do. I mean, we have a slide. We have an arcade. We have a place to eat. How many places do you know that that's one of the cost savings that they do is they get rid of any place to eat inside their buildings? They have a gym free personal trainer they have a doctor in the building a actual honest to god doctor but see i grew up in that and then somehow america started losing that in in larger corporate america we've we've oh that's a cost saving let's get rid of them let's get rid of them and what they don't realize is that's why they have so much churn in their personnel is because there is that lack of um yeah they don't care about me why should i care about them so many people who come to sweetwater gear fest the first thing they do when they come in is go right to their rep they go find their rep and then they go talk to them 
Like, that's another thing. Because they do all this stuff, the service level you get from that company is, like, off the charts. Dude, that's what other company can you buy? I If I buy a laptop computer from them, if I buy mm-hmm. an Apple MacBook Pro, like what I got in front of me here, and then right. I, I buy Logic through them, or I buy uh, Pro Tools, right? Right. And I go home, and I, and I have problems with Pro Tools. You're going to be called DigiDesign, the company that makes Pro Tools, right? Right. No. You can call Sweetwater. They have their own on-site technical support people who will help you and are certified in this stuff. Yeah, that's great. That's incredible. It's free. You don't pay a dime for it. You to- I, I heard you guys mention they have a Plex machine. They have what a Plex the- machine. What was the cost on? Because I'll bring a guitar next year. Bucks. Or maybe two, 200 bucks? Yep. That's awesome. It's a setup and a guitar Plex. Yeah. You can do that yeah. spa day, Jim. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I'll bring, I'll their bring service PRS's. center is pretty incredible it was not open for touring because they were actually doing work but like i got yep. you, they have observation windows and you can watch what they're doing. <clears> right it, it, they know what they're doing and it's, it's incredible work uh frank zappa frank zappa's sg was restored there weasel took it there and, oh, they, yeah. and they restored it that's um, right but yeah so i mean it's just it's an incredible place it's like it's like going into into uh the north pole so anyway, you go through the, that's the interior of the facility. We haven't even gotten out to the show floor and what goes on out there, right? So they right. have like 10 tents or 15 tents and they're huge tents. They have air conditioning and humidification control in the, in the tents to control all of the, you know, the humidity levels for, you know, they, their, their, uh, 10 top PRSs that were filling this one yeah. booth. Um, and everything they have there, you can buy. There's, it's not like NAM where you're not allowed to buy stuff there. Right. If it's there, you could. There's a price on it. You can go to the guy. Yeah. All he does, he scans your badge, and it puts yep. it in your cart, and then you check out inside later, which is Damn. super cool. Like, um, I was buying stuff all weekend long. I needed a lightning yeah, cable. The first thing I needed was a lightning cable. I was like, oh, I'll just go buy one for this store. It's like fifteen bucks. Scan it. I went and picked it up. And then I was like walking around. I was like, oh crap! I need to get a practice amp. Like I knew I had to do that today. So yep. I went and i found a practice amp um i actually so i went and i looked at a bunch of different ones i i played the yamaha thr i got to mm-hmm. play uh by the way at the same time i got to play the uh the shuriken and the shuriken 25 which is the yeah. 25 inch scale version <clears throat> uh, the electronics on them are outstanding i'm not sure that i like the fact that the shuriken doesn't have as many models on tap or it has different like a different set of models you really have to use a uh, the configuration tool to set up what you want and right then, um Outside of that, um, uh, I played the THR-10 from Yamaha, which is their little practice amp that's kind of in the vein of a Fender Mustang. And then I was talking to Ryan and, and Glenn Fricker and all of them. They're like, why don't you just buy a damn Katana? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I already have. Excuse me. I Bless have a you. bit of a cold. Yeah. <clears throat> Picked it up all the here. I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> um, they're all. Why don't you just buy a damn katana? And I'm like, I already had one. So I rolled my eyes and I said, "All right." I went out to the boss booth, and uh, the boss. So first off, the boss booth, uh, it was filled with kids when I first went in there, and I have no idea why. But I wanted to take out a couple of things: the GT1000. I wanted to look at uh, uh, the GT1000. I wanted to look at the Katanas. I wanted to look at... Uh, actually, they had a Waza amp there, too, which I wanted to play, but I didn't get the chance to. And then they had, like, the Katana Air and the Katana Mini. Uh, the Katana Air is pretty cool. Their new wireless system is pretty is pretty cool. To be honest with you, I, I don't like the bugs <laughs> oh, yeah, sticking yeah, out at so the end of the guitar, but I... Yep. Was, so, I don't know if you do this or not, but Boss US is, like, four people. There's, like... Yeah, not it's, very it's many people nobody, working yeah. for Boss US, right? And right. the main guy was there, and, and he was chatting with Ryan, so I kind of, I did my thing, and I creeped up next to Ryan, and then just started talking to him. And uh, <laughs> so I stood there for a while talking to him, and like we were talking about the Katana, the Katana Air, and uh, the Wazacraft pedals. Man, the commitment yep. to quality in that company is just absolutely insane. Uh, oh yeah, they were they're burning entire runs of Wazacraft pedals if they don't fit quality control standards. Like, and Isn't when I say incredible? burning, they're just melting them. Like, yeah, 
It's it, it, I, I've never heard anything like it. They're, they they take honor very seriously, and if they can't get those Wazacraft pedals up to snuff, it's gone. They eradicate it. And, then, and he said they'd done that five times. So you're talking about the Boss Katana. Um, I actually went to see a co- uh, country band before I headed up here. I'm in New York, folks. Um, that's why my audio is a lot different. Anyway, um, and the, the country band, the, the lead guitar player, who had incredible tone, he was playing um, you know, through, uh, to give you an idea of how he wasn't saving money, he was playing um, a high-end uh, EVH um, Wolfgang through um, sinusoid cable into um, Lagrange. Um, he had all these, you know, really nice uh, pedals into a katana. So I'm using the katana di to the PA for the for the sound. So uh, I played I played all the katanas again, right? Obviously, for yep. the fifty one hundred, I needed something small. So yep. I was looking at the katana mini or the katana air, and I ended up buying the katana head. Because that internal speaker is not a joke. Like, right. I thought five-inch speaker, oh, this is going to be silly. It's just going to be like a Katana a Mini. Right, it's going to suck, 100 right? watts, right? No! Yeah. I could mic that thing up and be, like, completely cool with recording it. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah, it's not that bad. Like, it's... So, the bass is a little heavy in it, maybe. But it's yeah. not bad. And the the amp itself, it's got all the same features as the regular Katana. And it's MIDI-controllable. So I, really? it actually works out better with my Helix in a lot of ways than yeah. my Mark V does because I can Damn. just run a MIDI cable between it and then I can I can actually use it to switch presets, uh, pull up different stomp boxes in the Katana that I don't have on my, my Helix floor or whatever um, and just go, go to town with it. Um, right. So I'm really excited to have the head. Like I just had never really considered it as an option because, well, for one thing, it's 100 watts. And another thing... Um, I didn't think the five inch speaker would be worth it for like playing around the house and I live in a condo. So I, and, and that little wattage selection thing works for the five, the little five inch speaker that's in it. So you can dial, you can dial it all the way back to, you know, one watt or whatever whatever it is and, or put, or, uh, or all the way up to 50 or a hundred and at a hundred it's, it's a 10 watt amp. I mean, it's, it's pretty loud. Um, but, uh, so we took it back to the house and we were jamming with it that night. And uh, Ryan showed me some stuff with the reverb on it. He he found out that there's a glitch in the spring reverb that he can exploit. And I oh. was pretty impressed with like his reverb skills. He can do things with reverb pedals that I've never seen before. That guy knows how to, he, he, he can play a reverb pedal. That, well, that's he's all the king I'm of reverb, right? I mean, I say king of reverb. He, he is, um, as far as being practical with reverb, I mean, the guy does, what was it, uh, space, like, um, surf. He does uh, surf rock. And like, yeah, surf rock. But it's, but it's, like, so much beyond that. He knows the reverb so damn well. Like, he was going on and on about the, the new Oceans uh, reverb from um, Electro-Harmo- Electroharmonics. Oh, and E-I-E-H, he's saying yeah. that, that that pedal is really, really good. If you're is doing that the one that surf rock, that's the or? one to get. Yeah, he got it early. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, that's definitely one that if you can get your hands on it, get it. If you're, if you're into spring reverb, because he said like, that's the most accurate spring reverb in the pedal that you can get for like a reasonable price. Cause he has a Ventress too. And he says the Ventress is better, but he said the Ventress is also like $200 more. Yeah. So, um, but enough about the, the, uh, Katana Helix boss thing, except that I want to talk a little bit about their rep and some of the things he was saying. He was talking about destroying runs of, um, the Katana or the, uh, uh, boss pedals, but he was like very forthcoming about what he uses. I won't say it because I don't want to embarrass him, but he was like telling me that like he doesn't always use boss stuff, despite being a boss guy. Uh, right. But but he did say that like he he in a lot of cases knows that the boss equivalent's better. He just doesn't use it because of whatever reason, like programmability or something like that. So right. I asked him about the GT one thousand because that's one one thing we've been talking about, and he said yeah. he felt. Because he's got a lot of Helix experience too, he said that he felt that the the GT one thousand was more touch sensitive, um, and so I I didn't get the chance to play one. It was sitting there, um, but I did get the chance to hear it a couple times. Like it's legit. It sounds really good in person. I would, yeah. I, and it was always. They, of course, at, at that kind of show, they're going to run them direct. Um, yep. And they were running. I think they had like QSCs in the tent, but they were they were really 
good sounding units. So, I mean, I'm still interested. I'm I'm still going to try to shoot one out. Um, the main thing right now is that when you're at a show like that, there's so much going on audio wise. Like you really can't get a really super good judge of what something sounds like unless right. you have the headphones on and then you're at the mercy of what the headphone jack is like. Exactly. And the headphone and the speakers and, and placement on your head and so on and so right, forth. Right. Yeah, that, that all matters. So um, I took notes on a bunch of podcast stuff that we might be interested in. Um, yeah. Played around in the pro audio booth for a while. And then I headed back to the guitar booths and um, that's when I met uh, Keeley and, and uh, Brian Wampler um, and uh, Paul Rivera. Actually, he had a really nice conversation with me about amps I've owned and um, I'm hoping we can get him on the show. He took my business card. He actually asked me, he's like, so what makes you a practical guitarist? And I explained to him what the show was about. He seemed pretty war. He seemed to warm up at that point. And then we talked about, uh, you know, the amps I've owned. And then he showed me the, uh, the Venus recording. And right. I'm highly interested in that piece of gear. Um, it's a rack mountable, uh, small wattage amp, probably in the vein of my Mark V. I didn't ask how many watts it was. But it has right. like all the direct in and out options, and it has a, a twenty band EQ on it, and um, it's a fifteen or twenty band. It has um, a bunch of other features that like other amps don't have. Talking about being able to take an effects loop off of either the uh, from the preamp to the power amp or the power amp to the speaker. He's got both built into that unit. So if you really oh, want dang. to your stuff post power amp, you can. Um, yep. There are good reasons for that if you're driving your power amp, et cetera. It's a yep. very, very cool unit. I think it's underutilized, and I think nobody's talking about it. I also got to meet with Thomas Blug uh, of Blue Guitar. Yep. Uh, I got his contact information as well. I hope to have him on the show. Um, he's got a limited availability, and then we have to uh, – he's actually – because he, he's actually from Germany. Uh, yep. And then it may be a little bit more difficult to get in touch with him. But uh, he had an incredible piece of equipment and that, that Blue Guitar pedal. The, uh, it's it's actually a hundred I think it's a hundred or hundred and fifty watt amp in a guitar pedal. Oh yeah, the um uh, Jennifer Batten uses that. Yes, and it sounds incredible, Jim. Yes, you know it what? does. For people who do the um who do the the fly rig thing, they have a mm -hmm. little uh, I think it's a ten inch combo or like not combo, but a ten inch uh, uh cabinet. And he was playing through that and I thought he was plugged into the two twelve. I ah. honestly was like, What in the hell? And he told me he's like, Oh, I'm running through this on the floor and I like I, I just shook my head. I was like, all right, give me your business card. We got to talk. Because <laughs> I was like, you can I'm put that. You, I just like, I looked at him straight in the face. I was like, you can put that in a suitcase. <laughs> as a guy who has been using, um, who has moved away from speakers on the, you know, uh, on the stage and gone to using, uh, you know, direct PA, the blue has been something that I've so wanted to get my hands on, plug into really put through its paces just because it is a, a true, I mean, that thing's, that thing's got power. And I, I, you know, I've heard batten through it. That's where she plays when she does her, yeah, um, yeah. her stuff. Um, Cause she's, you know, traveling around doing this thing. That's what she's playing through. Yeah. And I heard, I listened to her do her. I mean, she had to do Michael Jackson's um, beat it solo note for note, you know, the, the whole yeah. Eddie Van Halen note for note. And I watched her pull that off with that little blue in her, you know, front pedal board. Just incredible. It's it's shockingly good. Yeah, it's stupid good. Um, I actually, that was another piece of gear that I was looking at, and like, I really need to sell my Mark V and get that. And that's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not going to, but I mean, like, that's the kind of perception that I have when I see certain things. Like that Venus recording is super slick. I hadn't investigated that. I knew it existed. Um, yep. But having Paul walk me through the features really like opened up you know, a whole other idea of like how that thing operates. And then um, seeing the blue guitar thing was like, that was like yeah. mind altering. Cause he, honestly you, you go, he, he's sitting there playing it and then you go, that's coming out of that. And then I'm like, well, show me a blackface sound, you know, tweaks a couple knobs and all of a sudden yep. he's, you know, deluxe reverb territory. And then it's like, oh, well here's a JCM 800, flip a couple knobs. Cause it has like 14 different knobs on it. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, and it has hidden features too. I think there's uh jacks underneath the pedal for the pedal board and like yep. it's just it's crazy. It's it's a very, very well thought out design piece of gear. And what's the what's the price tags on that? I know it's six hundred and ninety nine bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um they had them on sale for six hundred bucks. Oh 
You know, uh, I, uh, I was so going to get to that some of those too. Specials like SM57s were oh, what was that price? Everything was on sale. Fifty-seven dollars, fifty-seven, fifty-eight dollars, fifty-fifty-eight. Oh, I, I, I need. I would have bought two fifty-eights if I've been there. <laughs> I don't have my fifty-seven in front of me, but I was going to hold it up. You know, uh, yeah. it, it was a great deal. I'm I'm super glad that I did it. Um, yeah. I mean, I bought, so I bought one. Ryan bought two Furman power conditioners, the floor units. Yeah. $20 each. Oh my God. I would have bought one of the, I, uh, I, if, oh, I if I hadn't, if I hadn't spent $650 look, this weekend, I would have bought an, I would have bought man, one too. Here, here's money. Get me those power conditioners and mail them to me. They're still cheaper than I would have paid. $20. I'd have had to get two, put them in a box, ship them to me. Honestly, I'll pay the shipping. Honestly, and I still would have been cheaper than getting them for next year. I think I'm just going to put $20 a week away for, for a year. Oh, just yeah. for going yeah, to gear I put, Yeah. I got to put a um, hundred or 200 away a week to, or I mean a, a month to go there next year. Cause I want to, I definitely think, uh, you know, I want to get what that Nita Strauss Jiva. Yeah. And that would be a great time to do it is at a gear fest, especially if there's a chance she's there. I mean, uh, and you know, um, I, I hope we get a chance to talk to her about that because that's a that's an amazing guitar. All right, so the Jeeva is one thing. Uh, my highlight guitar I played this weekend was, um, and I don't even know what the model is, but and, and they're all very very different guitars. Mm-hmm. But I played um, one of the uh, Dave Friedman guitars, the Friedman amp guitars. That's yeah, that's interesting. So he's doing guitars now. Yes, and they're built by Grover Jackson. Oh, yeah and okay. they're incredible they're like they're like two grand and they're yeah. they're incredible i played one yeah. that i was like if i had two thousand dollars right now i would have bought it yeah I, I just it was one of those instruments and then i played another one and i was like if i had two thousand dollars right now i'd buy this one that's how incredible wow. they are they, they every one of them i picked up was like wow you got to put a link in the description thing because because first of all i've never heard of them before you messaged me the other day and said I, yeah, I, I, I vaguely like, knew they existed I vaguely knew they existed so are they Stratish are they less yeah polished? they're uh, they... so they're on the Charvel side of like super strats so okay. more like more like conventional strats they have Floyd Rose like the ones I played they had Floyd Roses they had you <gasps> know, dual humbuckers you? they had a Floyd Rose yeah David enough <laughs> they had a they had a telly with a, with a vintage bridge on it which I really like too um yep. After seeing Greg Cock, and I'm and I'm gonna yes. be I'm gonna be completely honest about this. After seeing Greg Cock, I need to go up to Wisconsin and meet that guy at the show. But yeah, that mother. <laughs> he is all right. So as a player, if you've never seen him, go see him. He's unfucking believable. Oh yeah, and he could do anything. He could do anything. He can go from forties um, uh, jazz style into blues, into rock, into metal, and then back to like a super pop thing. And then back out. I mean, the guy is amazing. And he can do it all with one song. Yeah. And that's what's amazing about that guy. So uh, seeing him and then seeing the Fishman pickups, hearing yep. his new amp, that guy had the best tone of anybody there this weekend. He did. He was. He sounded better than uh, Nita Strauss. He said, now, I'm not saying he's a better guitar player. Uh, that obviously, that's you know completely subjective. And it's one of those things where once you reach the level of these people, like it doesn't matter anyway. Um, yeah, he his guitar tone was the best out of out of the four or five people that I saw the, the professional people. That being said, um, he had his cock amp there. The the yes. uh, Greg cock prototype. Yeah, the the Greg. And it it's sounds the great, Greg. Jim. I know you're waiting yes. on it. It sounds I, I know, great. I've been waiting. You know, he was supposed to. So he was in in works with somebody because um and and it fell through. He was going to release a Telecaster type type thing. It was going to be built in Mexico and had this whole thing going on and it wasn't Fender, but I don't know who, I don't remember who it was. He was was. playing a Reverend Telly. Yeah. He, he plays a Telly. He puts a, um, he's got, uh, uh, who makes his, um, Furman. Fishman uh, Fishman makes his pickups. Yeah. And his Fishman pickups are the real deal. They're, they're hot. So his, um, he's always said that his, uh, um, Desert Island guitar is a Telecaster and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. So you've met him. Yeah. Or you've at least been near. How tall is that mother? <laughs> um, 
So he's probably six foot eight. Yeah. His arms yeah, are like tree trunks. Yep. His um, fingers are so big. He's yeah. so massive. Yeah, he's he he's a he's a tall dude. He's like Buckethead size, and Buckethead is yeah. unbelievably big. Yep. Um, and it was really funny because I I caught I was having coffee, and I caught him getting coffee in line. And mm-hmm. when I looked over, he's like probably a foot taller than everybody else in the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see people with him, and you're like, wow, that person's really short. No, he is really yeah, that no, he's tall. He's just unbelievably <laughs> tall, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and his son was there drumming for him. His son's great. Um Oh yeah. I forget his son's what really... I forget what player he actually uh or who he he he, play, he used to play with somebody who's now get, getting yeah. up there and he's yeah. he's really good. Um yeah. was very impressed by his band. He brought his whole band from Wisconsin by the way. Everybody else was showing up with like one or two people and he yeah. brought his whole band down with him, which is he yeah. has a trio, but um the guy that was playing yeah. the Hammond with him is also outstanding. I forget what his name is offhand, but yeah, he's got like so his son's on drums, he's on guitar, obviously. I don't remember who's on bass, and he's got that Hammond player they recently picked up, and relatively he's, recently. He's legit. Yeah, he's yeah, legit. The, and just a legit band yeah. is what they are. I mean, they're just incredible players. Um, I'm trying to think what other crazy stuff happened. So. What what ends up happening at when you get there is you like you're shell shocked because you're standing there with all these people that you you know from like magazines and like you know seen them on the internet and whatnot. Yep. And they're all very approachable. Um. Yep. And you kind of stand there and you freak out for a minute, and then you're just like, you know what? These are just dudes, and you just go That's around right. and hang out with them, talk to them. Like Glenn, Glenn Fricker, I saw him, and of course I have made some pretty awful things comments on the show about Glenn. Um. And I was like, he's do right. I really he's, want to associate with him? And I was like, I, I saw Ryan sit with him at lunch and I, and I needed to get something to eat. So I was like, you know what? Lunch room was filled. There was no place to sit. So I pulled up an extra chair and I sat with Ryan and I sat with Glenn. And I have a totally different opinion to Glenn. Now, Glenn, Glenn is not. Okay, so he's very much the guy on his show, right? But right, right. Glenn is not. He, he means well. He's not like trying to hurt people's feelings. He's just kind of laughing right. and like having, having a good time with it. So right, once you realize he, that, you can kind of get past his The way he craziness. says stuff is a little bit gritty, but his message is there. And that's I think that's the thing that, that people who like me, when they finally meet me and get to know me, that's what they say. All right, his message is gritty, but he's not, you know. Um, I, I got to say, though, okay, so speaking of people that, that get walked up to, because I know this has got to be in your notes. You told me a story about Nita and 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 uh, Ryan. So, so uh, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, this is why you should be a member of the Facebook group because it's hilarious. So, uh, the first day I was there, we, Ryan and I were sitting there. We were watching Adrian Bellew, or we're getting ready to watch Adrian Bellew. I think we were actually watching John Schofield uh, before mm-hmm. before Bellew. And oh, uh, Schofield. Yeah, I think it was Schofield. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was Schofield. Yeah, it was Schofield. So we're sitting there watching him, and we're just kind of chilling out. And the first thing that happened was uh, he gets he Ryan's getting, you know, he's getting called out by people the whole time we're there. Some guy comes up and right. he's like, hey, you know, hey, Ryan, and whatever. And then he gets a he gets a Facebook message. and He says, Brant Miller's coming down to see us. And I'm like, wait, Brant Miller, like that name's familiar. He's from the Facebook group, right? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's uh, really active in there. And I, I am pretty active in there, too. So um, I'm like, OK, cool. So Brant comes walking up in a Sweetwater shirt. So the first thing is like, oh, I didn't know he worked for Sweetwater. Then he sits down and he's like, he's like, how's it going? Shakes my hand before Ryan. Yeah. And then he shakes Ryan's hand. And I think it was just proximity, but he was like, yeah, he's like, I know you. Like, we know each other. And I'm like, what? He's like, he used to sell gear to you all the time in the Arlington Heights Guitar Center. And I'm like, <laughs> I, he has a, if you know Brant, my hat's off mm-hmm. to you. You have an incredible mustache, my friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That mustache. He's got like that, that mustache that um, uh, Neil Peart used to wear in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> There's some work he going can, on there. So he anyway, definitely do the old, uh, you know. Yeah, he can twirl it and all that. Guy on a, you know, an old movie. So he's sitting there and he's, he, he's, you know, like I, I couldn't picture him, and then all of a sudden it just hit me. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you. you used to be in there all the time. Like he sold me pedals, I'm sure, and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, we're sitting there and and I, I suddenly realized like that I knew somebody from a Facebook group that I actually knew in real life, and that I had poo pooed the Arlington Heights store many a time, like, and he'd probably seen it and whatever. But he was just super cool, and uh, we all actually ended up going out to dinner, and he actually, I, I, Brant, we owe you one next year, because he bought us all dinner. Um, oh, nice. And I, 
he, you know, that's his money, you know? It's not Sweetwater yeah. paying for that. So Nope. We were that's sitting, the thing to stress, that it was not Sweetwater, Sweetwater paying for that. That was Brant out of his out of his uh, pocket. So we're sitting at the table, and then Brant gets up, and he walks off. And then Ryan's like, hey, there's Nita. I'm like, what? He's like, that's Nita Strauss right there. And he's like, hey, Nita! And she kind of looks at him, but she doesn't come over. And then, like, as she's walking away from the stage later, she comes over and she, like, visits with us. So, of yeah. course, I put a card in her hand and, and uh, you tell her what we're doing. And, and of course, she, she was really cool about it. And uh, so the next day, Ryan and I get there super early because we want to park decent. And we actually parked right, right in front of the building. Um, yeah. And we, go, we got in. And then we were looking at something and then Ryan disappeared. And that's what Ryan does. He disappears, and then I find Ryan and creep up on him. That's that's basically how this yeah. whole thing works. <laughs> so I'm upstairs on the balcony because I'm just trying to relax a little bit. My legs are hurting. I'm I'm exhausted from the day before, and I'm I'm shooting yep. video like doing a Facebook Live thing and just kind of talking about like here's you know here's the main hall. Like look what's going on here. There's all these people and whatever. Yep. And I'm like, let's see if we can see anybody down there that we know. And I look down, and there's Ryan standing there, who mm-hmm. by the way had just been in the flea market tent. Uh, right, because because we gotta talk about that after. Yeah, we're gonna get there. So he's standing by uh, this table, and then he moves <clears throat> to the left, and there's Nina Strauss. And I'm like, yeah. I got my I got my recording rig on my hip, so I'm like, I'm going down there now. And yeah. I went right downstairs. Uh, I was gonna ride the slide, but it was occupied, so I went right yeah. downstairs, walked right up to him, and was just like, like, like I like I was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was he he told me later he's like he's like that was the creepiest thing I've ever seen he's like all of a sudden you just came out of nowhere he's like where were you (laughs) but uh, that was good times and of course Nina was of course very friendly there as well and she she's just a genuine like wonderful person Um, yeah and I I got pretty emotional when I got my girls got to see her play because obviously like there is a gender gap bias in guitar playing and she is legitimately a great guitar player it's she is not on stage because she's a woman if you think that you're listening to the wrong podcast yep um definitely i saw right so they did a tribute to pantera they posted a video it is a tire fire in the comments about how she really can't play because they weren't spot on they didn't do the cover exactly but they they literally didn't rehearse it they just said we're gonna play this song this afternoon Okay, people should first. One of the first comments I saw was, "Oh, they need a better sound person." I'm like, "Okay, here's here's what you don't get." Ryan's those Ryan you, recorded it with an MV88 halfway right, back. Those of the, you who are looking at that, here's Nita. She probably never actually learned that particular song. Now I'm sure she was a fan, but she didn't learn that particular song probably in her life. I mean, remember she played with the Iron Maidens, played for Alice Cooper. A lot of her time is taken up doing that music, and of course her own stuff. So. Nick Balcott, Balcott walks up and and it's like, hey, let's do this tribute. Nita's in, and so she, of course she's metal and she's, I mean, if you watch, she's got the head banging thing yeah. going on. Oh, she's that really, video, really right? good. Yeah, and she's playing a, um, a borrowed guitar through a, a Marshall Marshall Code, code. and that's what guys. got me, J- Jim. Her tone was incredible. And she's playing through Marshall Code, and I'm just laughing yeah, so, because I'm like, where is where is Glenn Fricker on this one? He's talking about smashing Marshall Codes, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I know that most of his, he's kind of tongue-in-cheek about what he says. Yeah. So I, I take that with a grain of salt, although I have played a Marshall Code, and and I can tell you that the 25-watt probably needs throwing off a bridge. But we can talk about throwing <laughs> off things off a bridge later. But here she is. She's doing this at the top of her hat, you know, out of the top of her hat. In the in the thing, so uh, now I'm not a big. I was never a big Pantera fan. I liked them. I was a fan of Vinny, and um, just like I'm a fan of Alex and, and uh, Eddie, I was a fan of Vinny and um, uh, Dimebag. So when we lost Dimebag, it was a, that was a big heartbreak for me. I just met him um, two weeks before he passed away, and I just like, oh man, this guy's. He's a super sweet guy. What a great person. I mean, yeah, he drinks and does his thing, but he was the nicest guy. And then we lose him two weeks later. And I thought, that that's just heartbreak. And now Vinny and I are the same age. I'm 54 as well. And so to see him pass was was sad, you know, and I had just met these guys. So, um, but for people that want to put somebody down, 
you're not in their shoes and you're not doing it in that moment. And you're not, you're not borrowing a guitar and and an amp. And like you they had no sound check at all. You can talk to that. Yeah. They were just go set up play. Right. And it was so funny because we were buying lunch and it wasn't that long before Nita Strauss's performance. It was probably noonish and she, she performed it too. And they're rolling Nick Bocott's Marshall through there, like through the line when we're, when we're standing there and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So obviously they didn't like plan this. This is not who could have, I mean, Vinny died the day before they just found out that he died. Right. And it was, so I am a Pantera fan. And when I sat there in the audience, like I started tearing up when they said they were going to do tribute to to, uh, Vinny. And I was like, listen, I don't care how bad people are saying that performance was. Everybody in that place was jumping up and down. It was crazy. And the other thing was they had the, uh, the, the sound system. If you want to talk about how bad the sound was, their sound was better than any place I've ever been in my life. They have yeah. the right people and the right equipment there to put together venues that are unbelievably good. So you have no idea what, what live sound can sound like until you sat in their pavilion and listened to, you know, like somebody like Adrian Bellew or really anybody who performed there. I mean, yeah, John Schofield, geez. That guy's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, and it, you get overwhelmed though, because like I missed part of a Schofield set because I was like, I really want to go see him, but I'm like, I got other things I got to do. And I mean, that I, was like me. So um, I just realized I was sitting in a bank um, on Friday and uh, I hear Vertical Horizons, she's everything you want. Yeah. And I went, oh, wait, those are the guys that were playing <laughs> Experience VRS last week. That's so funny. I was just standing there talking with those guys last week. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where um, you get overwhelmed when you're in that moment. Like, I took no selfies. I did no. You saw the one picture of me that some other guy took of me standing there holding the silver sky to prove to you guys, hey, yep, I tried one. Um, And because I'm, I, I got to be honest with you. So I, I know you meet a lot of people, and I do want to talk about that uh, that throwing off a bridge thing. Um, you meet a lot of people, right, while you're at these things. And it sounds like it's really this, oh, my God, it's exciting. But after you meet, like, one person that's fa- you go, eh, they're, they're people just like I am. It's not that they're not important, and it's not that they're not um, – uh, they don't influence our lives, you know. Um, it's that you realize, well, they put, sh- they put their stuff on just like you and me, and they really don't want to be bugged. You know, a person yeah, sitting down. Actually, I would say that the people that I saw didn't care. They were sending yeah. autographs, taking pictures of people, yep. sitting around talking with them. Like they were inviting people to come sit with them at tables at lunch and stuff and like sit down right. and talk to them. It was pretty incredible. Right. So if you're not some creepy, weird fanboy, which thing, is why I was not invited to any of these events and I just kind <laughs> yeah, of show up right. and sit down. <laughs> that's that's kind of how you get invited is walking in. Yes. But anyway, um, uh, it's it's a party crash, but the but the thing is that that you realize that that they're just people like you and me, and it and it's just fun and it's a it's an exciting adventure. Um, you know, I, I honestly think, first of all, the PRS experience was an experience. I I want to do it again. It's it's again in 2020. Going to do that. Um, but next year, I want to do this. I mean, if somebody was to say to me, Jim, you could do Winter Dam or you could do this. I think I'd rather do something like this only because. I am that person that would be overwhelmed. I, I wouldn't be able to focus on five minutes on any one thing just because of the type of person I am if I had too much going on. It just seems like Winter Nam would be like that. Not that I never want to go, but if I had a choice between the two, I think that something like this is a little more low-key and a little bit, you know, like butter spread over bread. Yes. Instead of, you know. It, it, so, from what I understand, this is the 17th annual gear fest, right? And they did yeah. a couple in the beginning of the company, but the thing, and then they like kind of spaced them out, whatever. And then they decided to make an annual thing. Um, what's cool about it is that this is their seventeenth time. This is like their seventh since they started carrying guitars, or tenth since they started carrying guitars. Because in the beginning they didn't carry guitars, and so it it it's just now starting to take off. Um, right. And I know next year it'll be bigger. Like that, it's it's legitimately guaranteed to be bigger next. And yeah. I don't know who they're going to get for talent. 
Um, I could see them adding another day, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why like they do it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. is because they yeah. know that they're going to eventually have to spill over into Sunday. Um, yeah. It's uh, So the deals are great. The entertainment's great. The uh, education sessions are great. The fact that you get to actually talk to the reps that sell this gear to Sweetwater and get their take on stuff is great. The um, There's really only two things left to cover, and that is what it's like to walk around with somebody like Ryan Burke um and yeah. and the flea market which yeah. the flea market is fun i'm going to start i'll we'll start with the <laughs> flea market all right so you go in there and it's basically people who have brought their stuff uh, and some employees from from sweetwater who are selling their own personal collections and you'll see stuff that is vintage and you will see stuff that is vintage garbage <laughs> and it i mean <laughs> If you want to find out what the vintage garbage looks like, go over to um, to 60 Cycle Hum, listen to their episode. We actually kind of talk about some of the guitars, like the ones that have a big split and a hole in the middle of them. And uh, <laughs> one that one that's been sawed in half and opens up so you can take it apart. And then uh, that was an acoustic, by the way. And then like the uh, pizza box guitars, which are really legitimately kind of cool. Um, that is funny. The the uh, We'll leave that for that. If people want to hear about that story. That is hilarious. Yeah. Some of the stuff they talk about being so serious about pizza box guitars. Just... That, no, the dude, was, he wasn't serious. He was oh, yeah. half joking about all of it because he knew it's kind of silly. But at the same time, he's also like, look, I've experimented a lot with this and this is actually a usable thing. Like it's well, silly, he, but it's usable. That's what I was saying. But but Ryan makes a, a note about why didn't he use this certain pizza box? And then oh, yeah, no, got... and he had all the answers. Yeah. He's talking yeah. about different types of corrugated and like <laughs> it was a whole thing. I, I was picking his brain. I, I was having fun with him. But um. So there's good stuff in there too. The problem yeah. is that some of these people think that they're going to get they're going to get new prices for used gear and yeah. I think it's set up for open negotiation. Like that's basically what yeah. it's set up for. Um I saw a couple of like custom guitars and I saw a lot of vintage stuff in there. Like like 70s yeah. Les Pauls and that kind of thing. So it's still cool. Like it's worth going to explore. Don't go just for the flea market though. You're not it's not big enough to, to necessitate that. Right. So. And then the other thing is walking around with a guy like Brian Ryan Burke. Oh my god. So tell me So tell me Ryan's a celebrity. A he's a, he may not believe this. He know he may not believe this at this point, but he's a celebrity. Okay? Right. At least in amongst this community. Because I saw it, it just myself, and I was probably only with him like half the time. No, probably not even that. Probably a quarter of the time. I saw at least six or seven people just come up to him out of the blue and like, Hey, I love what you do. You know? And then everybody was talking about the video with the Epiphone SL that he threw off the bridge. <laughs> and one guy, so we're in the PRS booth, right? And uh, we're looking at these 10 tops, which by the way, 10 tops were $3,000. Oh my God. Geez. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. They were like $3,200 in some cases. Yeah. Okay. And it's the same ones you can see on their webpage. Like the yeah. It was it wasn't like Paul brought in like seconds or anything. It was it was incredible. Um yep. Paul doesn't do seconds anyway. But um Right, no he doesn't. I didn't get a chance to talk to Jeannie. His his she she wasn't there, what I could tell. Um but Paul was there. Well she's a really tall blonde woman. You cannot miss her. Yeah, she she's I didn't, really tall, didn't rail see. thin blonde woman. Yeah, she wasn't there. Um but but Paul himself was there. And yeah. Paul was Paul was running the whole time, so I didn't I didn't stop yeah. him and harass him. I didn't really have yeah. a chance to, um, say for the time I saw him at coffee, but he was with like five Sweetwater reps, so I don't know what yeah. that was all about. Um, so I'm sitting there uh, in his booth, and Ryan is looking at a ten top PRS, and we're kind of joking about if it came in gold sparkle because that's Ryan's thing. And this guy yeah. comes up and he puts his hand on Ryan's shoulder and taps his shoulder, and Ryan turns around and he goes, "You get throw that one off a bridge too." <laughs> and, and Ryan and just starts laughing. Somebody, Ryan didn't know either. No, no, Ryan didn't know me either. So he just gave him a, he gave him guitar picks and like was like, oh yeah, yep. go on your merry way. But it, it, one guy came up to him. He's like, we were in line for food, and he's like, he's like, hey Ryan, I love your show. And he's like, oh, would you like a pick? And the guy like starts getting his phone out, and Ryan's like, no, a pick. And he's like. Oh, we'll do a picture too anyway. Like it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, you're going to give me something like, yeah, I'll take a pic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was really, yeah, really that, funny. That's pretty awesome. 
it's 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 funny because when you mentioned that, um, so you guys talked about how um, all these people, you know, Nita gets off stage and she's like, "Yeah, I'll be over here to sign autographs." She was there the whole time. Yeah, she'd been walking nobody, around the whole time. Like people weren't. Nobody, there were yeah. some people, and and yeah. if you were, if you had little girls with you, I noticed yep. she would take the time to talk to them. And yeah, that was really very, cool. very because we stormed into her tent right before Ingve started. She wanted to go over and watch Ingve, and she was starting yep. to leave, and her pen had just went out for autographs. And I was like, yep. "We don't want an autograph. My daughter wants to talk to you." And she actually took Aww. some time to actually talk to my daughter um, while she was talking to the other guys that were there about, you know, I don't have my pen is run out, whatnot. It was a whole thing, and it was very, very cool and very, very gracious of her. Um, yep. So hopefully, you know, we can get we can get contact with her and and get her on the show. I'd, I'd love to have her on. Yeah, very, seems, very impressed. Seems very genuine. Super um, genuine. Yeah. So, all right, let me ask you this. If you had to pick, I'm going to ask you two questions. You got to give me the thing you like the best and the thing that you would ha- say needs to be improved. So what did you like the best about GearFest? Yeah? And, and, it's it's a cross, it's a tie between the deals and the education. Um, the thing I like the least, uh, but you know what? Yeah. There's just so many people there, and where they put the deal zone was what caused that. So the deal zone is square at the head of the cafeteria, and the cafeteria is a long area, and you have to go through the deal zone to get out door, like outside. And because of that, right. everybody's standing at the deal zone all day long. And yeah, it's so hard to get through and like you're shoving people out of the way and it sucks. It does. Yeah. But they, other than that, they managed the crowd unbelievably well. And you can tell they've been doing it for a long time. And then, of course their bathrooms are great. Like that's another thing. And you had free water the whole time. Yeah. Free water. And that's important. Free candy. People, people who think, Oh, big deal. Free water. Let me tell you something. If you've been to an event where you don't get free water, you'll appreciate free water. Yeah. You'll pay like Especially 20 bucks when for water before outdoors, you leave. And it's summer, okay. So, well, we we were fortunate. I I wore shorts. I that's all I had packed, and right. it was raining and kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was actually concerned about being <laughs> too cold and like eh, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, that's cool. But uh, yeah, and then the parking because there's so many people and you have to take a trolley to get in. Like basically, you park and then they put you on a trolley and you come in unless you get right. there like an hour before they open or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what? since I'd be I when I go up there, I'd be staying with someone that lives not too far from the Sweetwater facility. So yeah, well, we weren't, <clears> we weren't too bad. Uh, but you know, of course, managing. I had my kids with me, so we were we were eating and stuff in the morning before we go over there. And but yeah, actually, you had both, both of the times, girls with you, right? Yeah, uh, both my yeah. girls and and my wife was with me. She was running camera, so that's thank her for all our footage. Yeah, my um, wife. She says he's not holding his own camera there. Is he? So no, that would be a weird a weird rear mounted camera thing. No, it was really cool. I said, um, I think that's Mandy running the camera. Yeah. Um, special thanks to her. And I yeah. think she's in the room with me right now while I'm recording this. So yeah, she, she's hearing me. Um, yeah. And special thanks to her for uh, letting me buy a bunch of gear and not harass me and be very nice to me about it. Yeah. I felt very embarrassed about it. Uh, yeah. So embarrassed that there's a video on our Facebook page uh, showing how full my trunk was when I came home. It was not that full when I came up there. So, July July is coming very quickly. Uh, that's the joke right now. As they say in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. For me, winter is already here. But you know, it's it's not a bad idea. A year hiatus, and then where are we going to be in a year? Ah, there you go. So there will be a good reason to go on hiatus, a good reason to save some money, and it's not like it's not going towards a good cause. All right. And for those of you um, who are kind of like against the uh, internet sales culture thing, like, you got to understand, Sweetwater is not that company. They aren't. They're not an Amazon.com. They're employing real people, and they care about their people, and they're not as big as everyone thinks they are. I mean, it's 3,000 people, but the thing is, or whatever whatever that number ends up being, but the thing is, it's 
they take care of their employees and they and they make sure that you get taken care of in turn and they really do care when your sweetwater rep calls you up and has a conversation about their rig but doesn't want to sell you something that should tell you something right there yeah 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 be um it's it's very interesting it's a um, it's a completely different thing. As a matter of fact, my Sweetwater rep actually emailed me just to say, hey, I'm sorry I missed David. I hope he had a good time while he was here. I had a freaking fantastic time. And I told him you did, and I said, we will definitely see you next year. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, well, this concludes our uh, our initial coverage of the Practical Guitarist uh, goes yes. to Sweetwater Gear Fest. We will also be doing a lot more YouTube and video content for this. I have tons of clips. I have performance clips and all kinds of other stuff. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled on the Facebook group and the Facebook page, and you'll see more content surrounding the uh, best. So yes, thanks everybody. Yep, I've been Jim. And I've been David, and we have been the Practical Guitarists. All right. Yeah.